everybody. I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you to, wait, no, that's not how it goes. We're here to take you back to your your twilight phase. Thought you were gonna abort and restart. We're just gonna like leave it all like real and rough and it's course. real, you know. Maybe it's Maybelline, but it's not. It's us. We're the realest. It's just us. Um, <laughs> Aren't we just like first so time relatable? You, I think that's the first time you ever like mess that up, Maya. Definitely the first time. And like, how many episodes? Thirty. No, that's not true. Once in a while, she'll be like, "Wait, how do we start?" <laughs> okay, yeah, but she doesn't mess up the saying of it. No, she just forgets it completely. Yeah, she just yeah. forgets it. <laughs> Once I know my line, I have it. Um, but sometimes <laughs> I I don't know the line. Exactly. Mine is a professional. <laughs> Listeners, welcome. What's up with you guys? How's it going? What's new? I almost like What's wanted it? to like do like a silence, you know, like you do in like blues clues where yeah, like Dora <laughs> yeah. or the explorer. I like that part too. <laughs> Wow, I had a long week too, listeners. <laughs> um, right in to tell us about it, like our friend Olivia did. Uh, I'm going to read Olivia's email. Wait, it's not you, right? It's not me. I did not, <laughs> not write into our own podcast. That would be funny. I'm Olivia recently read Midnight Sun and got completely reinvigorated in the Twilight universe. If you too, listener, are new here and came from the Midnight Sun madness, we welcome you. Um, go back and catch up or don't. Whatever. I don't care. They care. <laughs> don't, actually. Um, I think I get better with each episode, so start here. <laughs> well, Olivia went back and listened. Um, so she actually said, sorry, this is about an episode from so long ago. But since I just started listening, she wanted to know that in one of the first few episodes, don't know I, which one, who knows. Doesn't matter. The infamous self-insert move uh which we've talked about at length honestly on many episodes of this podcast yeah uh so she went looking for on the faq and found this horrendous line so this is uh stephanie meyer speaking i was a mousy a-track wallflower i had a lot of incredible girlfriends but i wasn't much sought after by the y chromosomes if you know what i mean (laughs) as olivia puts it i truly truly wish i did not know what she meant (laughs) <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever read. <laughs> Very transphobic and altogether just big yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good point, Olivia. Absolutely correct on all counts. And I love, I wanted to throw in, her sister is 10 years younger and is about to start reading them for the first time. Shit. So, Olivia, please do continue to update us on her thoughts as an actual 12-year-old reading them for the first time. In yeah, I continually want to know how they hold up with the youths. I mean, you know, with the dial-up internet and the no phones and, and what have you. It's a good point. I wish that I could watch another person go through the transformation that I went through when I became a You mean, like, like, physically watch them? Well, no, but just, like, have someone you know, like, a teenager in your life read Twilight for the first time and watch them, like, one, accumulate all these neuroses that they didn't have before, (laughs) and two, just become obsessed with vampires for, like, three years. Right, Um, yeah. I do hope that the youths today reading it for the first time are, like, more informed and aware. Well, they have us now. Yeah, now you have us. Exactly. We're here to tell you how these books affected my long-term 
<laughs> ability <laughs> to hold relationships. <laughs> um, now that I'm self-aware and able to see these influences, I hope to convey them to you and that you can go in uh, fully, fully aware. So really, this podcast is a public service. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Only you really have to read all the books first because we're pretty spoilery. Also true. <laughs> so read the books, but like keep keep it on the surface keep, level. Don't let it right. penetrate your heart just yet. It's impossible. But it, we it talk about how it's not really possible for that not to happen. Right? I know they're so compelling, <laughs> right? And speaking of compelling, we're in an extremely compelling chapter of New Moon. That's true, uh, Melissa. I think you should do the recap. <laughs> okay. Um, I read this. Forever ago, oh, a <laughs> very long time ago. I read this a very long time ago. Um, okay, so we read chapter 21, Verdict. Um, basically, we're at the peak drum of New Moon. This is where, this is where it's all happening right now. Um, Bella, Edward, and Alice have been corralled by the Volturi. Good and they're... <laughs> Thank you. And they are now being shepherded. Next metaphor. <laughs> um, they're being shepherded to, I guess, their like headquarters, um, which is seems to be some sort of really old building that also has really blank fluorescent interiors as well. I don't know. The building really confused me when I read it, both <laughs> the first time and this time. <laughs> um, and basically, we get to meet the Volturi for the first time. Um, arrow, R-O, doesn't matter. I think it, I've been saying R-O in my head. I mean, arrow? Cool. I've said Carlizzle, so. Carlisle. They're now great. Um, R-O, Caius, and Marcus, um, as well as other creepy, evil vampires, and, uh, basically, we sort of get more background information on when Edward came and asked them to kill him. Um, and they're like, oh, look, you're actually, it's great that we didn't kill you because now you're reunited with your love and here you are, probably we're going to kill you now anyway. <laughs> um, so there really is this sort of like, okay, he seems happy for us. Okay. But he also seems like crazy evil. Um, sorry, I shouldn't say crazy learning process um, um but basically we find out that bella is also immune to other vampire powers mm. and uh also they are able to leave only after promising to make bella a vampire in the future <gasps> uh-huh i mean it's hard to believe that um after reading midnight sun <laughs> so I think that's where we're left at the end of this chapter is very skeptical but um basically they get to leave and go back to forts with the promise Bella becomes a vampire or they have to kill her um because she knows right. too much she knows too, she knows much. too much and yeah. somehow it's only her problem and <laughs> not the fault of the people who told it we'll get there whatever it doesn't make sense there's a little, um, uh, yeah whatever I would be like a uh, are you not done <laughs> just that they start you know like to run away but there's a group of tourists who get taken into the room and they are obviously being fed to the Volturi and Bella's very scared about it slash emotional and that is where we end the chapter you almost have to read the next one immediately 
we didn't, but <laughs> you did. I mean, yeah, I did. I'm gonna give you like a generous six. I think it's more of a five. I'm gonna give you a six. I was gonna say seven you and a half. Have to I think say I'm generous. that it was more of a five, but you're giving me a six. Just give me. It's a called six. a five and a half. That's what okay. Five and a half you is get for. a five and a half. For my faults, list them. It was long. Here's the um, thing. As two editors and a production editor, I think we all have very high standards for concision. And so all of us, none of us prepare for this section. No, we never And do. so we all take too long. And the other ones of us are like, well, if I sat down and tried to do that for like 10 minutes, I could get that into like a third of the time. And it's right. always true, but like none of us ever. But do you really want me to do it in two sentences? That's not fun. It I just mean, felt. It be. <laughs> well, I guess Mom. I just suck. I don't know. I gave you a seven and a half. I didn't say you Thank sucked. You. Thank you. I think that in fact, you are so good at this that since this wasn't your strongest showing, I was more aware of how good you can do. Wow, good job saving yourself, Maya. Good line. I mean, I don't regret my choice at all. <laughs> I stand Bye, by my grade. You've just completely landed on the logic that I continue to go to therapy for. So, like, it's accurate. <laughs> Wait, what do you go to therapy for? I'm just knowing that I can always hold myself to a higher standard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. And therefore, uh, never being satisfied with anything I do. Well... So I want to jump in to this building that really confused me. So. Yeah, actually, can you guys explain this building to me? I actually, I kind of get it. I feel like it's not that I've spent a lot of time in Europe, but it's like, okay, so there's like this super old castle. They've literally lived there for like hundreds and hundreds of years. It's not like they never were going to put in a lobby. <laughs> yeah, like it's a mix year, of architectural styles. It was Why 1950. And, you know, they had some humans starting to work for them. And they were like, maybe probably one of the humans was like, you know, I need somewhere to like sit and like pretend that this is normal. Let's put in a lobby. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then they built a lobby on. And so it's like, there's like the sewers are still there and they all walk around and get places through the literal sewers. Right. And there's also like the building parts of it. As you mentioned at the end, they like bring tourists in on the premise that this is a tour and then they murder them and eat them. So like the tour has to start somewhere normal. That's just confusing to me that we like are in the sewers and then we're in a white, off-white hallway with fluorescent lights. Fluorescent lights. You can like just see the like drop ceiling, you know? Yep. I mm -hmm. just, it's, I just, I didn't know what I was picturing, but it was nothing that I new <laughs> it's basically like the banality of evil you know like <laughs> look they're murdering people here but it's just like a normal looking it's office building. building in a historical neighborhood so like some of the rooms retain that historical charm like the one where they murder people um, <laughs> but yeah, otherwise like it's the, been renovated the like tower with like the high medieval right. slit windows up above yeah, they're not gonna like tear out the brick and make bigger windows. <laughs> they don't need it. They don't need right, it. Totally. 
after reading Midnight Sun, it's so annoying because I like just imagine Edward's voice all the time. How like <laughs> at one point I was like, okay, but like the light filters in through these tiny windows, but what if it's really overcast one day? Like because it says there are no other lights in the room. And then I'm like, oh, well, my special vampire eyes could see just as well in the dim lighting. So we don't need lights. Like I also thought about that too. I was like, oh, vampires just walk around in the dark because they can see everything. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of fluorescent lights, I really want to bring up the fact that they're, so they're specifically in this place they're in the reception area still, the place with the fluorescent lighting, mm-hmm. and it says, Edward's bare chest glinting dimly in the white lights. Mm-hmm. Make it make sense. Then he couldn't okay. go to high school. Like, that building already is full get, of fluorescent. Every time that they're, like, in the shadows of buildings and they're perfectly fine, it makes me mad because guess what? The light is still sunlight. Like, just because it's bouncing off a building and you're not in direct sunlight doesn't mean that you wouldn't be, like, glittering a little bit. Now here he is in the fluorescence, glistening. Uh, What the fuck? Right. It literally undoes everything that we've been taught to believe about, about how their skin works up to this point. Where was her copy editor? Where was her copy editor and all three of her proofreaders? Maybe they didn't give uh, this book to someone who copy edited the first one. Maybe they hadn't read the first we one. We do make a concentrated constant, constant, fuck, um, constant. You got con- it. You got this. Not concentrated, consternated. No. Conscious no. effort. Conscious Ooh. effort. <laughs> Words are my job. Uh, <laughs> we do make a conscious effort to have sequels read by the same people who read the first book. And it's because of shit like this. Yeah, it's for continuity purposes. It's not always possible. possible. And we, don't, we can't expect the people who read the first book two years ago to remember everything. But, you know, this it's is also what like style a- sheets are for. Exactly, exactly. Write yes. stuff down. Like, they can't walk out in the sun because they're too glittery. Right, and but then maybe there like, wasn't They're a inside. Why are they? They're inside. I can already imagine the bubble. They're inside here. But Why like, I'm, so I'm sure there wasn't a note about the fluorescent lights. No light. No, no. No, no. Also, while we're talking just about um, skin, it says... <laughs> Felix and Dimitri were both of a slightly olive complexion. It looked odd combined with their chalky pallor. Stephanie Meyer is like, all, over this. Yeah. all vampires are so beautiful, except the ones who are non-white. It just looks the, weird on the them. The brown ones, they look yeah, odd. The all the white vampires are super duper hot with their like chalky literally paper white skin skin but non-white vampires are just like a little weird right they look she doesn't even let us draw our own conclusions about chalky translucent skin being probably not attractive she just tells us (laughs) it's attractive and then she tells us that the non-translucent skin is odd so yeah it's like she ran into her own problem of like oh wait they're all supposed to be literally white colored but these are Italians. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) 
Uh, oh well, I guess they just look weird. Right, and then she makes the only, I think, explicitly black character, the human that will eventually get killed later, probably. Yeah, the receptionist woman. I don't yeah. remember any black people in this book before. She has dark, quote, dark skin quote, and dark green skin. eyes. Mm-hmm. The green, green eyes. eyes are how you know that she's also interesting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she's also special. Yeah. Oh, In a different book, she's the protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> so what we do in the shadows, like, oh, here I go to work for my vampire masters again. Like, oh. It just sucks that Actually, later she's, like, portrayed as, like, not a great person because she's, like, a human who's chill with watching other humans die. But I'm like, yo, she wants the same thing you want, Bella. Yeah. <laughs> she just wants to be a vampire. Yeah. Well, that comes back to how Bella, like, really doesn't think about the full consequences of what she's asking for. Yeah. Like, Bella, this is the world that you are begging to join. Mm -hmm. Like, it is more complicated than just eating deer. Like, you might murder someone. This girl knows that, Gianna, and she's accepted it. And you know what? More power to her. (laughs) Yeah, at least Gianna has accepted it. At least Gianna's done soul-searching. Hashtag justice for Gianna. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we also get, we meet Alec for the first Mm. time here in the hallway and also described in a confusing way. I think, I did think that they were twins, but they're not actually described as twins. They're described as being so similar that they could be twins. Um, So I once again am confused as to who these people are. And Alec is also really young, right? That's what yeah. that means, that they could have been twins, is that they're, right. they're yeah. both, like, children. He's also really young, he's also really pale, and he's also really pretty. And he and Jane hold hands, which... Right. Yeah, also weird. Which is very, um, like, childlike, I guess. I guess. But, like, once I just, I, are they twins? Are they related? Are they not? Are they... I don't know. I'm sure it's in the guide, which, now that I own that, I will read you it own at that. some point. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, well, we get introduced to this, like, creepy room, this, like, medieval room with all the, like, creepy old people, and we see that Jane is, like, really important, and that she was sent off to find Edward and has succeeded, and I was thinking here, like, so your vampire brain doesn't develop, he sort of talks about this in terms of, um, like, creepy vampire babies but like I don't know if she's a child like can you develop very much just from having experience and being really old or like right does it really makes sense that she's in charge of a bunch of stuff sorry that was very long I mean I think the main reason she's in charge of stuff is because she has a you know crazy damn it a wild power Um, chaotic yeah she has a chaotic power that gives her a lot of power right I Um, think it's kind of like Schrodinger's evolution like you do change and grow like mentally through your experiences but also you don't like Edward is simultaneously both a 17 year old and he has like the emotional like responses often of a 17 year old but also he's like 109 and sometimes that really shows so it's true 
Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they feel like they can put her in charge of stuff, but like, if she doesn't get her way, maybe she gets extra pissed and right. has really like fucking an annoying. Actual tantrum. Yeah. Yeah. How old is she? So I saw someone else post about this and they were referencing the guide and I don't have a number, but apparently Stephanie Meyer at some point said that Jane and Alec both were like just over the line of immortal children. So you know how in Breaking Dawn they're like, right, immortal children are so dangerous. Mm-hmm. They must be killed. Um, Jane and Alec are like just old enough to be okay. Whatever is conveniently just old enough that yeah. that does not apply to them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, yes. Right. <laughs> and then um, the oldies come in. Are yeah. Caius and Marcus. Can we bring it back to appearances and talk about the oldies and their faces? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Stephanie Meyer, Edward, Bella, they're all like, oh, immortality. They're so unchanging. And then describing Aro's face, his skin was translucently white, like onion skin, and it looked just as delicate. It stood in shocking contrast to the long black hair that framed his face. I felt a strange, horrifying urge to touch his cheek to see if it was softer than Edward's or Alice's, or if it was powdery like chalk. Like, we, it seems to imply that his skin is, like, weird and brittle because he is so ancient. And I'm like, okay, then they change over time. Right. Which, like, on the one hand, makes sense to me because he is hella, hella old. And they're like, okay, like, any object that is that old, like, something would happen to it. But she's so adamant about it, like you said, Maya. Like, she just insists that, like, nothing will ever change. And, like, guess what? Forever is infinitely longer than a thousand years. So, if he's already translucently white and onion-like, how old are they? A thousand years? Like three thousand years old. Three thousand three thousand years. That sounds right. So if he's only three thousand years and he already has skin like an onion, how is he supposed to last for forever? Literally, I'm like, maybe vampires aren't even immortal. Maybe their lifespan yeah. is just like fifteen thousand <laughs> years and you don't right. know any. Nobody's old gotten enough. there yet. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, we do get a billion descriptions of how brittle and gross arrow skin is. Yeah, oh, yeah. Also, honest. his age makes him disgusting. Yeah. And <laughs> will both be young and beautiful forever. Yeah. Okay. Also, you stopped before you got to the part where his eyes were red, the same as the others around him, but the color was clouded, milky. I wondered if his vision was affected by the haze. So he also, also I mean, she just has cataracts. Yeah, she never addresses this here, but she implies that he has some kind of vision impairment and his power is that when he touches you he can see every thought that you've ever had which is sort of like a supernatural enhanced vision which feels a little stereotypical to me that like oh he's blind but he has this like extra seeing sense as for his it's just eyes, like he's blind, though. Well, yeah, it's we, unclear. I mean, I think that we're meant to believe that he 
he's not blind just because like Stephanie wouldn't write it so that a vampire couldn't see. Like Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer would take like a very ableist view, like any kind of physical affliction you could possibly have would be like fixed, be fixed by becoming fixed. a vampire. Like if You're you right. couldn't walk, if you used a wheelchair, Stephanie would be like, and as a vampire, you can run again. Right. Okay. As, then like that's what she was. Why? Saying. You're totally right. And also, why are his eyes clouded or milky? Because if it happened when he was a human, she would definitely make it so that they would be quote unquote healed. And it's impossible for it to happen after he becomes a vampire because they don't change and they're perfect. So Although, this, that makes no sense. Yeah, what this is telling us is that they do change. Because, like, yeah, it wasn't while he was a human. This I is, also, like, he's the most ancient vampire, and he's, like, the decrepit one. Yeah. What I'm really getting is that you should never let yourself age, even when you become a vampire and become ageless. And if you do age, do not let an 18-year-old describe you, because it will be cutting. <laughs> it'll do and a he number does, on you two of them have black hair and only one of them has white hair white he's hair. apparently like already super old when he um, became a vampire bella also does describe them as not being unnaturally attractive so i.e ugly i guess because they're old who knows um basically <laughs> These people and James are also ugly, so the evil people are always ugly. Evil people are always ugly, duh. That's how you know they're evil. <laughs> right, the beautiful people are the good people. You can never have an evil, beautiful person. Don't forget no. that they're white. Except for Lauren and Rosalie. <laughs> Unless you're a really, really Unless hot you're a really beautiful woman. girl. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Unless um, your beauty has turned you mean. Which only happens to women. Right. Right. Yep. Yes, exactly. That totally stacks up. Um, but also this made me wonder, did we ever get any info on whether or not vampire hair grows at all? I feel like it doesn't. It doesn't. Because Alice's not, hair like, is still so short. So like their hair has been long for three thousand years. Which I was wondering is about not it's not it, your hair does ha vampire hair not break? Can you not cut can. vampire it hair? Not. Yeah, it, it just doesn't. Possible. I was well, thinking like get a haircut. Like if you got a shorter haircut, you'd have to commit to it for the rest of forever. So you would definitely never do it. But like if your hair is strong enough to never break, then you can't cut it either. Unless I don't know what do they use? Like oh right, like you literally can't get a haircut. Teeth. You're right. Their own teeth. Like you they break sharp enough. <laughs> that would definitely work. Because otherwise their hair breaks, Diamonds and guess scissors. what? It will, then that stays that way. Or it's indestructible like they are. <laughs> yeah, there should be more vampires with really stupid haircuts. <laughs> like, it would become obvious. Like, hair hairstyles change a lot over time. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if someone was like, I'm going to give myself like a, a mullet, mullet vampire? <laughs> there has to be one out there. I mean, <laughs> I feel like they just have to tell you, like, look, this is Vampire 101. Trends come and go. Just right. whatever you have, stick with it. Just do <laughs> not true. touch your hair. That's true. Like, like I, even the mullet me... vampires, the mullet will come back. That's true. That's true. But only for like one year at a time. Yeah, but like, 
I've mentioned before on this podcast, I've been reading this other series called Discovery of Witches, and there are vampires in it. And I appreciate their take on vampires a lot more because the author kind of addresses the fact that these are still like living beings, like even if they're dead. So their bodies have to have some sort of functionality. Right. And so even if it's really slow, it still is a thing that happens, i.e. their hair just grows really slowly rather that than- That makes so much more sense. Right? Exactly. It makes so much more sense. I appreciate it so much more because like they, they're they still walking things. Like they have to exert and spend energy and- Yeah, I don't really understand how her whole like venom blood- metabolism situation right and apparently something breaks down because arrow's skin is like onion paper right, it's breaking down so she it, i don't know i guess she never yeah the whole to think choking the back up the food that we learned in midnight sun does not compute for me like it's not like your insides disappear it's not like they don't have a stomach and a colon although like, what it, seems like maybe they don't anymore how do they absorb the blood osmosis so like where has said that their insides become kind of like a giant sponge and so my imagination is like you know when you're talking about like teenage boys (laughs) and they're like oh he must have a hollow leg he eats so much I'm like, the blood is just, like, distributed through their whole body, but it still doesn't add up, because in Midnight Sun, Edward at one point is like, so then I drained an entire herd of deer, and I had a mountain lion as a treat, and, like, I gorged myself on, like, a few small mammals, like rabbits and whatever. But I was still and, like, hungry. Literally, the volume of all that blood is, like, a fucking, like, <laughs> Like, it doesn't make sense. He was still hungry. I'm like, listen, there's literally no space in you. No, left. he wasn't hungry. He was uncomfortably full, but he still thirsted for Bella's blood. It's right. like not I, being hungry, but hungry. feeling like eating. No, they're separate. It's like being tired and sleepy. They're unrelated. It's, I um, don't agree with that. Okay, so like you there can, was an old lady who swallowed a fly. But You can be hungry and not feel like eating, or you can feel like eating and not be hungry. Happens to me all the time. I could always eat, but I'm not Never experienced where I am literally full to capacity and I'm like, mm, I could really go for some more food inside my body I mean, right now. Not if you're like stopped. Which is what he was. Which is what he was. Well, I think it's more like, okay, you have a meal and you're stuffed, but then you smell dessert and you're and like, comes out. oh, but I'm so full, but it smells but so good. That. It is. It is like that. Well, I don't experience that. Okay, some people do. I'm very happy for you. Whatever, it's just like, I can't imagine shit. Guess what? When I'm full, I don't feel hungry. I'm really happy for you. I mean, it's not hunger. It's just like, I want to taste that. I want to eat that. That's hunger. I have the same thing with being tired and sleepy. Sometimes I'm tired, but I'm not very sleepy. And sometimes I'm sleepy, but I'm not very tired. You know, tired and sleepy are the same. Anybody, anybody? No, I get it. I get it. Tired and sleepy are the same thing. Like you're hanging out and it's like nine o'clock and you're tired, but Mm -hmm. you're not ready to go to bed yet. Like your body like really needs to rest, but your brain is like, okay, but like the movie. Yeah. What's sleepy if you're not tired? 
sleepy is like you really feel like going to bed and it feels like you should be tired but like you're there's like some kind of like thing that's keeping you from actually falling asleep maybe the way i see it is like you can be tired and not sleepy but not sleepy and not tired because i I can be sleepy but not tired eyelids like i can be sleepy but not tired when i'm bored I'm so, like, bored and hot that I get sleepy and I want to take a nap, but I know that I'm not genuinely tired. God doesn't make sleepy. I'm going to look up the goddamn definition of sleepy right now. (laughs) FYI. While you're doing that, I would like to talk about the weird theatricality of their interaction in this chapter. So everything seems, like, so practiced and like for Edward and Bella's benefit like Aro has been waiting to put on this show he glides over to Jane takes her face in his papery hands and kisses her lightly on her full lips and then floats back a step like which also she's still a child yeah one she's a child that's disgusto two like she hasn't been gone long she went out to pick up Edward and came back. It's like going out for donuts. It was maybe 15 minutes. Right. Like, you just saw her. Like, right. he is putting on a show. Yeah. And he says, ah, oh, Jane, you are such a comfort to me. And he goes, and Alice and Bella, too. He rejoiced, clapping his thin hands together. Like, every movement is, like, choreographed. It's really strange. I think it's very, like, he's a very effective villain because of that. Like, you kind of see through everything that he's doing. He acts really polite and happy to see them. Right, like, I really like him as a villain. Yeah, I think it's very... Marcus and Caius, I'm like, who cares about you? Yeah, they're just quiet. Yeah, I have to say, I never truly differentiated them, if I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I never learned... No, I mean, the way Stephanie describes them, too, is very confusing. They are both simultaneously bored and also, like, really annoyed at different points at all times. Yeah. That's, they're both, that's their defining characteristics. Which is interesting, because their lives seem so kind of, like, unchanging. Like, they just stay in their little castle room, and, like, food gets delivered unto them. I would take any excuse to be entertained that they're over. I was gonna say that made sense to me because everything would be so boring that you would just be like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Like, at what what point do you transition from I'm grasping at straws to be entertained to (laughs) there are no more straws to grasp? Right. (laughs) Aro has not gotten there yet. Yeah. And Caius and Marcus both have. Right. Aro is still like uh, amused by his own little collection of people. He's still really interested in how Edward's gift works, how his own gift right. works. He's like trying, clearly trying to recruit Edward and Alice. And he keeps bringing up Carlisle and how they're such great friends. And yeah, that's the thing. Aro has a hobby. Aro like collects <laughs> powerful people. Right. and surrounds himself with them yeah while the others are just like they're part of his collection I'm... but like Aro is the active one which makes me want to talk about 
Marcus, who we only ever get a mention of, he has a power and he can see people's relationships. Like, and so I, yeah, so I want that power, first of all. Like, that's the power I want. Out of all of these powers, I want that one. It would but make he's also, working in an office so much easier. <laughs> it would make living so much easier. <laughs> um, but also simultaneously, Marcus has absolutely nothing going for him and is also equally <laughs> bored by everything. And I'm like, you are, li like, I don't know. I feel like if I lived 3,000 years and, like, just always saw relationships between people, I don't know. Like, I would be more presently sort of interested in how those are developing like over the years like how mm. are they different I don't know like maybe because relationships are what are interesting to me maybe he doesn't care about them or something so then why would that be his power? right why would that be his power it exactly. has to be something that he was good at I guess you're good at things that you're not interested in sometimes but they're usually related right. and he does like manifest in his human life I like, think I can see it. I think like, it would be like an understanding of how people relate to each other, an ability to see, like read into body language clues. I could see that. So Aro is talking to Edward about like the intensity of Edward's relationship with Bella. And it's more of this weird performance where Aro is like, how can you stand to be so close to Bella because now he understands the power that Bella's blood has over Edward and like Aro knows all of Edward's thoughts so he like knows how Edward can stand it he's been through it but he like wants to hear him say it I found it just like weird and creepy but like you guys were saying like it's such good villainy because at times I found myself so sucked in I was like I am also charmed by I mean, the like snake here at certain points at a certain point you know this book is from a human's perspective and like at some point you kind of have to just spell everything out um <laughs> right like she's they given, have to talk to each other right like she's given all of these vampires such like abilities to read situations without verbally speaking that like she can't just write a book in which no one says anything <laughs> but like that is what that is essentially what they would be doing <laughs> given well, I, I don't know i guess the excuse is that aro is definitely performing and so he's right. also performing for bella right like he clearly is really intrigued by her. Right. Aro and like Alice can't read minds either. That's true. Right. Alice can just like see what you're gonna say and so she yeah. thinks yeah, her doesn't mind. have to. <laughs> right, but can she see what you're gonna say if you never say it? Ooh. If you decide to say something and then she sees you say it and then you decide not to say it, she would say it. <laughs> 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 But also, if you're Edward, then you, like, hear her seeing mm -hmm. your decision, and so yeah. you know what you would have said, and so right. when she thinks right. her response, you then can respond to that. Right. And also, Edward can see Arrow reading someone's entire, you know, mind history, right? Because it's happening to him. As... If it happens in front of him. Makes right. sense. Like... One, this sounds so hellish, 
Like, and Matt, <laughs> he, like, casually, like, Felix at one point wants to tell him something, or Marcus or somebody, and they touch so that he can, like, get that knowledge. That means that any uncharitable thought that this person has ever had about Aro, Aro is now aware of. That's true. I was gonna say, I thought that that was cool because for them, he's just, like, catching up. Like, obviously, he's already read Marcus's entire history of his whole life right. previously, but, like, right. he just needs to be caught up on the last five minutes of thoughts. So he just, like, does that nice and casually to, like, transfer right. his immediate thoughts. But you're right that, like, three days ago when he got mad at Aro for that one thing, like, he also sees that. <laughs> I'm wondering, like, is there a way, like, can you, like, convey some thoughts with more strength? Like, Probably. okay, you get all my thoughts, and if you wanted to sort through them like a Rolodex, you could get each and every single individual one for all of time, which sounds hellish. Or you, like, get the sense of what's relevant, and I can, like, impart a feeling to you of what I want you to think about right now. Because at the end of the chapter, Alice is like, yes. Bella is going to be one of us. I've seen it. And she proves it by touching Aro's hand. But then Aro should also have all the knowledge where Alice is like, well, I fuck it up a lot. I'm often wrong. So why is but why are they convinced? She does become a vampire, so maybe he's seeing a sure thing that we're not seeing. No, I think it's about Alice's intentions at the moment. I think Alice at that moment. Because she's already, like, sort of, kind of offered to make Bella a vampire. Like, Alice is clearly, at least on some level, willing to do this. Mm -hmm. And Alice probably has a lot of practice, quote-unquote, making decisions so that she can watch what's going to happen. So in that moment, she decides, I and about she this. shows him the vision. Because I know what you mean. Like, okay... If she just shows him her whole life, then he should see every vision she's ever had, which includes, like, Bella being a vampire and not being a vampire. But she could, in that moment, make a very certain decision, and then, like, that one vision is like, well, this is what's gonna happen if everything happens right now. That, like, could be the case. But I also can't help but think, if he's getting every thought, if you can't, like, bring some to the forefront, and, like, okay, like, disregard, disregard those, pay attention to this, then right. he also will get the thoughts that's like, okay, I, I am deciding to make Bella right. a vampire because that's what's going to get us out of this situation, right. and, like, we'll figure it out after this, like. I mean, clearly we know Stephanie did not think these powers all the way through. So That's true. We, we know that already, but also, I mean, I also want to, I don't know, probably give Arrow some sort of benefit of the doubt in that he's been reading entire histories for 3,000 years, and, like, he's expressed an envy of Edward's ability to just sort of hear what you're thinking at the moment, and so maybe he also has tried to sort of, like, ignore what he deems unimportant for... I I do think he's inclined to believe them. Like, Aro is the one who's very clearly, like, 
it's not for any humanitarian reason, but he's like, oh, well, if we killed you, there'll be a waste of your really cool power that I want you to use for my sake. So Aro doesn't want to kill any of them. He even, later on- Yo, Carlisle's my bro. Right. First of all, he pretends that he and Carlisle are still friends. So he tests his own power on Bella, and they have Jane test her scary pain power on Bella, and now her goddess curse power. So, oh my god, that is what So Aru is convinced that Bella would make a really cool vampire, and he's not going to waste the potential of Bella's cool vampire power. Right, that's his thing. By murdering her. So he's inclined to, like, go along with whatever Alice shows, I think. Speaking of murdering Bella, let's talk about Caius. Caius says, nor do you intend to make her one of us, Caius continued. Therefore, she's a vulnerability. Though it is true for this, only her life is forfeit. You may leave if you wish. No fucking sense. This whole time... All of Twilight and Midnight Sun, Rosalie is like, Edward, your love of Bella is a problem for all of us because it exposes all of us. Like, if somebody knows too much, we could die. Right. right. Edward broke the vampire law. Right. Not telling anyone about vampires. He broke it, and yet Bella is the one who is going to die. Right, like, obviously, Bella is forfeit in the situation, but, like, why would the Volturi come all the way to Washington State to just murder this human and then do nothing to the vampires who right. expose them all? There's no punishment for apparently breaking this most important rule that they have an entire vampire police force to uphold. It would be more interesting if it were, like, Look, vampire life is so sacred, but we can never be exposed. So if the secret gets out, we have to kill all the humans that know. And right. if that means Clean that we massacre the, the entire town of Forks, that means well, we do that. Like, that would be more interesting. But instead, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. Because we're told that the Volturi will kill vampires who act out. And instead, the actual yeah. Volturi are just like, Nah, we'll just kill her. Whatever, but we then, just have to kill her. A book right. from now, they're like, no, we're gonna kill all of you. Right. Also, and, Kaisa's and... finger is skeletal. Why? <laughs> also, why is he there? He's, he's not special. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> he has no power. His power is really old. old. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> he just made it this far. I actually think it's really interesting to think about who would last 3,000 years. Yeah. And like the. The relationship thing I was thinking about, I think makes a lot of sense. Like that allows you to navigate any social situation and get through it because you understand the dynamics between that. And dip as soon as you see it getting volatile. (laughs) That's kind of like Victoria's escaping power. It's just like a survival. I forgot that was her thing. I forgot forgot about that. Yeah, it's just getting away. Are we sure? Caius has no power. Yeah, no, they said Caius has no power. I mean, they they might not know correctly, but... Why would Aro have kept him around? Also, on the subject of powers, what horrible thing was Jane able to do as a (laughs) human that she turned into a vampire who can do mental cruciatus? could literally torture you. Maya's face is just like pure <laughs> horror. <laughs> Maybe she was just really fucking mean. 
<laughs> like maybe well, she's probably insults. too pretty. But it's a physical power. She was too pretty as a human. No, corrupted her. <laughs> oh no. Uh, and it's also really interesting because then it's like, okay, well, those that sort of ability was innate in her from birth, and it's not something she developed like as she grew up. So like, it's another sort oh, of. That's argument. an interesting point. Like, can your can your vampire power grow out of a skill rather right. than a talent? Right. Oh, I don't know. Like, if I become vampire really good jumping. at archery and then become a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> You become a vampire archer, exactly. <laughs> I feel like maybe it could, like maybe you become really good at archery as a human, and then as a vampire, your power is somehow related to like become like a sharpshooter. Opportunities, you know, like mm. like I feel like any vampire would be I mean, able to be. A that's what I would want. Like, like that makes this fucking... world a lot more interesting than just you were born being a, I don't know, like Renee Louder than everyone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if, like, Gianna goes home every night and, like, hones a skill, like, oh, I hope this is the power I get. <laughs> I yeah, that's what I want to know about. Like, can I give myself a power? Like, that's interesting. Listeners, I would like you to write in and tell us what your power would be. Like, if you could do it on purpose. If you could acquire it on purpose. Oh, Edward obviously doesn't want Bella to be a vampire and so Bella becomes convinced that he would rather die than change her into a vampire which is a fair logical a conclusion fair assumption to at make. this point on her part yes <laughs> and it just made me sad it that like really Edward sad. can't just like explain wh- about this whole thing about souls so she could be like oh you actually care about me a lot not not at all and it's like embarrassing too because yeah like all the other vampires are watching bella have this realization and she says out loud to him mean it please as in like please like agree Just that you will them. change me right right uh, like how embarrassing for everyone and to, to all the other guys. vampires they're like change her or murder her like why is this difficult either of those things is like a perfectly fine and chill and acceptable thing to do in this situation like what they're like it's what we do just as a matter of course it's a tuesday for us have a tuesday murder them or you change them into a vampire like right and at this point bella also still thinks that edward doesn't want her yeah which is so sad (laughs) It's so sad, but it makes the next couple chapters, like, really so emotionally good. resonant. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it makes them really good. <laughs> so then we see all of these tourists, 40 or more tourists, be filed in. One of the vampires has gone off. Heidi has gone Heidi. off to, like, bait Stephanie all the tourists. sister. Which, yeah. Why does Heidi need to be hot? It's like <laughs> tourists. I don't know. Like, yeah, why can't you just look competent? Like Italian. Stephanie like, doesn't like beautiful women. And it's <laughs> not even like a bunch of dudes. It's just like a regular group of It's just like regular yeah. American tourists, like and an old lady. There's <laughs> the one group. there's one old lady, <laughs> one small dark woman with a rosary 
who can tell something is fucking up. And she speaks a language that nobody else there speaks. And so nobody's paying attention to her. And I just feel like if groups of 40 or more tourists disappeared at a time, somebody would notice. Wait, where are these people's families? Like back in America. 40 at a time. How are they going to hypnotize all of their families? Like, are there like natural disasters here? Like all the fucking time? Aunt Mary Lou never came back from Italy. That's weird, but. Oh, well. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. It would be one thing if they were like taking the people that society has forgotten. Like, if Heidi was dressed like this and she showed up with a bunch of, like, homeless people. Homeless people. Right. Like, homeless men. That would be, like, really sad and be like, oh, wow. That That would be an interesting commentary on society. Yeah, how we leave these people behind. But it's just some regular-ass tourists. Yeah. Yeah, who, like, must have money because they're on vacation. Right. So they have, like, community members who are, like, waiting for them to come back. (laughs) And I get that, like, whatever, they can, like, I don't know, convince anybody of anything, whatever, they probably have a hypnotist on this team of superpowers, but again, how do you go and find random tourists' entire families in other countries to go hypnotize them? If anything, you just find the local people. Yeah, find some fucking locals. Not tourists. I hope they don't do this very often. Like, also, (laughs) if you took, like, once in a while... A couple, you could totally get away with it, but 40 people at a time? Like, how often are they having these, like, murder orgies? That they imply often, because they talk about the drains in the room, which are for, like, I don't know, all the... All the extra blood that they just (laughs) waste? I mean, if you need to hunt, like, every two weeks, like, that's often enough. Also, do you guys know that, like, I don't know, like mice that don't have to work for their food versus mice that have to solve puzzles for their food. The mice who don't have to work like hate their lives and are really unhappy. Like, mm-hmm. imagine being a vampire and like not even having to like jog right, after your food. It. it literally just comes to you. Like, That's how do they thinking. enjoy their lives at all? Like, this has to be like a random, it is that day. It's St. Marcus Day. So maybe it's a special occasion. It's true. Maybe this is like maybe on special vampire day, (laughs) right? Because like vampires, you know, I perfectly enjoy when I sit down at a fancy restaurant and the food comes to me with no work having been done on my part. That's true. I get the point that like you need interesting challenges in your life. That's why I want to know how often this happens. Like if this happens every three days, then like it doesn't make any sense. Also, y'all, I could easily eat takeout for every single one of my meals. Yeah, we know that about you. <laughs> but you I also mean, have an interesting and challenging job. It doesn't have to be sure food. Mice, things mice just have nothing else going in on in way. their lives. But like, we can get challenges from other places. I'm, I'm sure the vampires challenge themselves in other ways. Yeah, Aro seems challenged in other ways. Ayas and Marcus do not seem challenged in other ways. No. <laughs> uh, when all these people file in, Welcome, guests. Welcome to Volterra, I could hear Aro saying from the big turret room. I just want to talk really quickly about the showmanship and how it, like, culminates in this disgusting moment where Aro is, like, reveling in, Welcome. like, 
like, ooh, welcome. So excited to have you here. I'm about to fuck y'all up. <laughs> like, how awful. It how is very villainous. Shockingly, like, unredeemable this character is. The joy that he takes in this moment. He can get fucked. Yeah. Fuck Ara. It is very impactful as Bella mm-hmm. walks out and she's like, oh, I'm a human and they're humans. But again, she doesn't like wrestle with the becoming a vampire yeah. dynamic of that. Right. No, she's just sad. It's like a good shocking moment. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And like, there's also commentary in this chapter about how humans aren't actually whole people, even though that is the literal definition of a person. It was so rude. <laughs> Alec is like, oh, you brought back two, sees Bella. And a half. And a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how is this whole person half of a person? <laughs> Whatever. That's definitely what I would be like if I was a vampire. <laughs> oh, two and a half people. <laughs> Should we do best sentence, worst sentence? Oh, yeah, we should. Um, I'm going to take it. Somebody has to. The infamous Aro started to laugh. Ha, ha, ha. He <laughs> chuckled. <laughs> Good dibs. Your laugh was, like, so loud that Zoom was like, nah, I'm not registering that. <laughs> did circle every single time Aro said ha 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 ha, com- ha comma ha comma ha. ha that's a weird way to style a ha yeah. ha ha yeah and I just that's how I pictured it being said like he was just like ha ha ha, ha, ha. <laughs> kind of Santa yeah, exactly. <laughs> um okay wait where's my worst I had a lot of worsts honestly like every single time anyone described anyone's skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to pick one that isn't skin related. Because <laughs> we already read all of those. Right. Okay, I'm gonna pick a follow up to Olivia's. Ha ha ha. Aro chortled again. <laughs> At that point, why not just say Aro chortled again? Right. Just- ha ha ha. Also, ha 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 is not a chortle. No, it's not chortling. It's not chuckling either, really. No, you're just ha 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 That's laughing. laughing. Yeah. <laughs> you just did it. You just did the funniest little ha ha. <laughs> what am I going to pick? Uh, I mean, I'm just going to have to pick a skin one. It's just. Yeah, go ahead. Godspeed. Why not? Godspeed. They're bad. Yeah. <laughs> And there are so um, many of them. There's so many to pick from. I'm just so confused by Aro's milky Oh, okay. Eyes. So, um, Aro reached out as if to shake my hand and pressed his insubstantial-looking skin against mine. So, like, not his hand. He he pressed his his skin, his, skin, his insubstantial-looking skin. She's also um, like so obsessed with touching yes. it. Yeah, yeah, it was hard, but felt brittle shale rather than granite uh and even colder than i expected so just you get colder over time stephanie is that what you're telling me they get colder and colder and colder and not only is it not marble which is edward it's not granite who who's granite who knows it's shale so like i don't know maybe stephanie's like a rock person geologist (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you guys remember being a kid and finding being a, rock a cool person? rock and how yeah. much fun it was? Yeah. Like exactly. We rocks. still. <laughs> Wait, where's mine? I'm sitting here holding a crystal that I bought with real money. It's fluorite, and I love it. And I just keep looking over at how shiny it is. That's what I've been doing this whole time while here's it my rock. For, What do you have? Amethyst? No, it's period. Period. Periodite? Yes, that's it. Per per Hold it up. It's cool. That's a good rock. Good, good rock. rock. Um, okay, um, I have a best. <laughs> okay. Okay, Aro says, it takes quite a bit to surprise Marcus, I can assure you. This is about their very strong relationship he's confused by. I looked at Marcus's dead face, and I believed that. Um, <laughs> that one's so that funny. clever. Yeah. Mine's yeah. also a funny, a funny sense. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> this is Arrow talking about Carlisle. And he says, oh, how I miss my friend Carlisle. You remind me of him, only he was not so angry. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Edward's an e-boy. <laughs> Edward is just an angry Carlisle. That's what that's what he is. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> yep. Mine is also funny. To me. <laughs> this is right where Jane is about to try to use her power on Bella. I saw Felix grin hopefully and move a step forward. Um, Felix is the himbo of the Volturi. You cannot <laughs> change my mind. Felix is just like, ooh, this is gonna be good. What's gonna happen? I can't wait <laughs> to like, see. Ooh, violence. Let me get closer. Um, if I was more up. into the Volturi and knew them all better, they probably all map onto the Bellas. Like, Jane is yeah. evil Alice. Felix is evil Emmett. Like, somebody do this for us. I don't know the Volturi. Marcus, who sees relationships, has to be Jasper. Hiding right, and he's like stands silently in the background and never says anything. Yeah, yeah. Aro is Edward. He's just like the mm -hmm. more like outwardly dramatic instead of inwardly dramatic. Heidi is Rosalie, and oh my God, you're right. Diana is is Bella. Wait, who's Esme? Oh. <gasps> Esme is that one that's gone. Like one of them had like a girlfriend or a wife or something. They all had wives, and they're all gone. Okay, <laughs> maybe Esme is Marcus. When I'm done reading no, the guide, Caius, I'm because gonna... Caius doesn't oh, yeah. have a power, and Esme also doesn't have. It's a power. lame, and <laughs> is, power but to love. everybody loves them. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> oh, wow, man. we did it ourselves. It's so transparent <laughs> that we barely have to know them. Yeah. Listeners, thanks for joining us. We love you guys. Yeah, we're almost here. done with this book, and honestly, we're the best is yet to come. I mean, there's so much. Okay, so earlier, I think it was Melissa, you were like, this is peak drum of the book. And you're absolutely right that plot wise, it's peak dramatic. But right. like these next chapters, we're about to get the right. peak emotional drama. Right. And I'm wow. so excited. So exciting. Ugh. These are the chapters I reread over and over and over again. Oh and my you know, gosh, me too. It's not because I thought they were particularly gripping as far as what actually happens. No, they just like met an emotional need. Yeah, they did. Especially because she withhold it the whole book. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I can't wow. wait. I can't wait. Listeners, as always, you can email us with questions and comments at twilightfacepodcast at gmail.com. 
If you'd like to support the pod, check out patreon.com slash twilight phase podcast. A special shout out to our patrons, Jillian, Melina, Bridget, Eric, and Samantha. We love y'all. All of you can follow us at twilight underscore phase on Twitter and Instagram and twilight phase podcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. The Twilight universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing by Olivia Valcarce. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Mori. We'll be back next week. And if you don't like it, you can bite me. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. You can definitely hear the rain on my air conditioner. Oh, that's what that, that is. What that is. Yeah. I could not figure it out. It's raining. I thought maybe it was your chair like bumping Me something. Me too. It sounds like a wooden chair creaking every two fucking seconds. You know, it's literally just raindrops hitting my AC unit. Raindrops on AC.